Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Anthony. And I'm Amy. And together, we talk about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Amy Russo. Yeah, that now you. <laughs> and, and I'm Anthony. <laughs> we thought we would change it up a little bit. That's right. That's right. Uh, someone who shall not be named. <laughs> thought that uh, maybe uh, I should jump in here and introduce and get us started. Yeah. Of Anth. Yeah, I believe uh, the statement was something along the lines <laughs> of, and I'm paraphrasing, but, well, gee, since Amy stole your thunder, as you said, last episode, and she's really why we all listen anyway, <laughs> why don't you have her do the introduction? <laughs> said this person uh, rather cheekily. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. So, so there we, we go. So we so, thought we'd change it up. That's right. So you got your Amy introduction. <laughs> no matter how. It's stumbling. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. Yeah. Which is sure? good. Well, we're going to find out. All right. But which is good that I'm not bitter because today we're talking about... Bitterness. Bitterness. And, you know, I even thought of maybe I should name this episode Build Back Bitter. Oh, goodness. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing I could add to that that would work. (laughs) Bitter. Oh, my. (laughs) Uh, apologies to all of you who are not from the United States. Uh, yeah, really. That, that's a that's a political joke. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, and best ignored anyhow. <laughs> that's right. As are mo- as are most of my jokes. In fact, <laughs> I'm not touching that either. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that we try to do on the show is talk about the things that are part of. The normal Christian life, the normal Christian experience, these things that God brings us through along the way to making us, to conforming us more and more to the image of his son. And we hadn't done a biblical counseling type of episode Mm -mm. in a while. And so I thought, well, let's let's talk about some topic that relates in a in a biblical counseling sort of way. Amy and I have a little bit of a background in, in biblical counseling, and, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of something that we're we're interested in. And and really, biblical counseling is, in many ways, it's nothing more than applying the Bible to our lives as Christians. Exactly, and it can be done. That's I, yeah. That's I think. Well, besides the fact that we're Bible believing Christians, I think one of the reasons we were interested in biblical counseling. Because we were interested in specifically biblical counseling, Mm -hmm. not with uh, secular Mm -hmm. counseling. Uh, We've both experienced secular counseling. That's how empty that can be, uh, that the focus is all wrong. And it's just as Second Timothy, you know, all scripture can be used. Mm -hmm. Uh, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for uh, teaching. Teaching. Rebuking, rebuking, uh, equipping, training, and righteousness. I know I'm missing something there. Yeah. But But the point being, we can use the Bible 
if to we, counsel ourselves and others. Right. And that's the point. Every time you and I as believers take the word of God at face value and apply it to our lives and to our problems, we are biblically counseling ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just what what we do. So anyway, today we wanted to talk about the topic of bitterness. And no particular reason, really. It just kind of was just a topic I thought of that I I don't hear very much of in podcasts or things. And so I just thought, well, let's talk about it. Well, and we were talking about the idea of doing biblical counseling topics. So Mm -hmm. this just happened to be one of them. Yeah. Bitterness as a topic is, is a little bit different because unlike many other types of sin or emotions or experiences, bitterness is in many ways a, it, well, by definition, it's a figurative word. It's a, it's a word picture. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's, it's not like hatred. Hatred is what it is. That's true. Love is what it is. Anger is what Anger it is. Anger is what it is. Bitterness is applying that idea of something that's just, ooh, ah, mm, makes your face all wrinkly. Right. And saying, that's what my life is right now. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it's an interesting word. I mean, even as I was studying for this, I kept trying to understand why am I not getting to some bedrock definition of this? Like, why am I not looking in all my resources? I couldn't find a good, clear definition. And then I realized, oh, because it, you know, because just like they were saying, it's figurative. It's good that you bring that up because I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought about the fact that it's figurative it's descriptive more than Mm -hmm. actual yeah and what's interesting is because of that at least for me as i was preparing for this to really understand the word you have to understand the context the situation where it's used in scripture and to really begin to just enter into that for for example and we'll talk about different types of of bitter bitterness or bitterness of soul but for example Hannah in 1 Samuel mm-hmm. you see the situation here with this godly woman and her barrenness and when she pours out her heart and, she, and says she wept bitterly before the you begin to to enter into this and see the picture as it's as it's played out there absolutely and, and so it's a it's an interesting topic to to study in in scripture i guess to start us off though with some sort of definition to this it really is that that figurative language of something that is bitter sour pungent distasteful distasteful you know e- even uh, i saw one dictionary was referencing uh, a you know even venom Venomous, oh, poison, okay. and, and but that now is something in our life, something that, that's ex- an experience. It's tied to other words. It's tied to affliction. It's tied to at times jealousy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it always is affliction right. or it is always jealousy. 
Other times it's tied to contrition. Oh, okay. And other times to, to, I guess you could say other types of sin. When I was looking it up in the, the one book, it can also be tied to anger, hatred, grudge was another term for cross-reference. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been trying to, to dust off my Greek. And so I thought, okay, well, let me look this up in Greek. And in Greek, it's the word uh, pikrios. P-I-K-R-I-A-S would be the English, pikrios. And, uh, and it means bitterness. <laughs> Amazing. The, the Greek word bitter means bitter. <laughs> How about that? So there you go. In, I looked up in Strong's Concordance, and it's chafed or discontented. And then it's got this little uh, multiplication, you know, uh, chafed, discontented times uh, great or heavy. I'm, I'm giggling because he's trying to read his writing. Yeah. You squeaked, actually. <laughs> yeah, I did squeak. <laughs> I was trying to hold it in, and then it didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> so I'm sorry. You were saying no. Uh, chafed, discontented, and it really is multiplied. So greatly chafed, heavily discontented. Okay. Those sorts of things. Also grieved, provoked, vexed. Mm. So again, there's different aspects to this. In fact, as we see in Scripture, there are I would say three main ways that we see this idea played out. And it's really in the words bitter, bitterly, and bitterness. Okay. The root, there's bitter, bitterly, and bitterness. And as I, as I began to write down scriptures and think of examples, I realized the importance of making the distinction between those three. Bitter is it, oftentimes when we see bitter played out, it's, and not, again, not always, but it, it is that, that vexed situation. Job was, was bitter in his affliction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we see that in, just even in his mournful statement in Job 3.20, where he, he talks about uh, the bitterness of life, but 13.26 and 23 too. You could look those up, uh, but we see he's discussing his bitter state. The Israelites, they complained in, in a, in a, in a godly way this time <laughs> yeah. um, about the bitterness of their circumstances in the very beginning of Exodus. Let me flip there real quick. Uh, Exodus one fourteen. So they, the Egyptians, ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. So we see this bitter in that regard. And you even talked about it before we hit record. Ruth or Naomi. Naomi. Mm-hmm. Right. What does she say? She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mora, which means bitter. Right. So those are examples of bitter. I didn't ask you if you have an example from your life of a time where life was bitter for you. If you want to share something, if you think of something great, if not, 
I know for myself, there was a time just a few years ago where I was in this sort of transitory type job and I was trying to sell insurance is what I was trying to do. And it was this whole life change situation and just this season where it was, it was rough and I'm trying to sell car insurance and I had no idea what I'm doing and I'm working the phones and, and the whole thing was just humbling in some ways, humiliating, difficult, the pressure of, of sell, sell, sell. And, you know, I'm not a, a sales guy like that by nature. It was a really hard time trying to, trying to make money, trying to, trying to be a Christian on the job, all these pressures and, and mm -hmm. things that were going on. Yeah, it was, it was a really difficult time. It was. And it was a, a real season where God allowed this bitter time in my life. I mean, to the point where I would get my meager little lunch break and I'd go and just cry out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, this is, this is awful. It was just an awful experience. Right. Brothers and sisters who, who are, who sell car insurance or, or are do insurance yes. for a living, they're listening and going, really? My, my, my career was that bad for you? <laughs> yes, because you're gifted in it. I'm not. Yeah. And it was also a culmination of a whole lot of other stuff that was going on yeah. as far as unemployment and underemployment and all mm -hmm. of that. It was just a really, really difficult time all the way around. Yeah. Um, so that's bitter. Just thinking for myself, I mean, I can think of, of several times, but the one time I, I can think of is while you were in seminary, you're trying to go to school full time. That's what we wanted. That's what I wanted for you. And you know, we're living in Louisville, Kentucky. We've got a townhouse in Florida that we can't get rid of because of the housing market tanked and, you know, we're underwater. And I just remember the bitterness I felt for years. It took us 10 years before we could get rid of that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the Lord provided, and that was the whole point, you know, uh, in the sanctification. But, oh, I remember just feeling, honestly, it was sort of a joke, bitter toward the Lord of why. We're, we're trying to honor you. We're trying to do this. We're trying to follow this pastoral path. And we've got this thing hanging over our head. That was just one time. No, that's great. That's true. That was a long, bitter, difficult trial of, of a time, for sure. The other word is bitterly. And again, reference that in First Samuel with Hannah in 1 Samuel 1.10, how she wept bitterly before the Lord. And again, this idea of all of this angst, all of this hurt, all this pain to the point where she, she just weeps bitterly. Mm -hmm. It really, you get the best picture description of the pain that this woman is in with everything that's going on in that that passage and that word bitterly now, nails it another example another person who wept bitterly peter mm -hmm. yes right after he denied the lord three times both matthew and luke matthew 2675 and luke 2262 both note that peter went out and wept bitterly after that. 
And again, this idea of contrition, pouring out his, his heart before the Lord and realizing what he had done and, and all of that. And can't undo. And, and, I, and I do right. think that that's a lot of the, the bitterness. It cannot, what he has done cannot be undone. You right. can't fix it. Yep. Just reading through this and thinking through this whole topic, I had a new, I guess a new appreciation, a new compassion for Peter in that experience. Really now under having a better understanding of what it is to, to weep bitterly and to see this and realize that, you know, Peter was genuinely broken. Absolutely. About this. Mm-hmm. So, and again, from my own life, an example of that is I remember after the Lord saved me in 2005, there were two, at least two, maybe three specific times when, in in very short order, uh, in a short span of time, where I just wept bitterly before the Lord, just just weeping over all of my sin, just all the the mess of the 20 years prior, nominal Christian, just all of that sin, all that baggage, all of that sin that sin that was done to me, sin that I had done to others. Mm-hmm. And you know, sin that I had, as David says in Psalm 51, ultimately against you and you only have I sinned. So right. sin that I had sinned against God. And there were three times in that, uh, that I can remember that I just wept before God. And, and then out of that, those times he, you know, he brought peace. And so there, uh, so there was, there was that. And then lastly, bitterness and bitterness is Again, it's really that sinfulness. There's a a dissatisfaction, an anger. Yeah, it's not just dissatisfaction. It's an no, I, anger. I think, yeah, I definitely associate it with anger. Yeah, with uh, against God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and against others. Against others. We see this in Romans uh, chapter 3, verse 14, where here Paul is laying out the fact that all of us are guilty. All of us have sinned before God. There is uh, none righteous. No, not one. And in that, he says, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. And again, as he's quoting all these Old Testament passages there, he mentions that. And right after that, their feet are swift to shed blood and then their paths are ruined and misery, etc., etc. So there's this, um, again, just this, sinfulness about it. I know there's been an experience of that in my life. I, at the moment, I couldn't, I can't think of one, you know, I mean, maybe it was before I was a Christian and there was, there was one time where, or actually a repeated time where someone, someone really did me wrong. And I was really angry. I was angry at that person. I was angry at God for allowing it to happen. And then allowing it to happen again and again in this series of, of events. So anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I'd had something similar. It's, as you said, usually the bitterness 
especially if it's about a situation or where you're at in life, what the Lord has allowed, a lot of times and most of the time, I think that that bitterness is directed toward God. And there's a fine line between expressing yourself to the Lord of your disappointment and hurt and frustration, frustration in in not understanding the why, to literally shaking your fist at the Lord. And unfortunately, I've had several of those occasions. And just along our path of things we were trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. uh, for the Lord or what we thought was for the Lord and it not working out. And I, unfortunately, and I'm still learning this, God keeps giving you the lesson until you get it right, people. Uh, And and most of the time you're never going to get it right. You're in glory anyway. (laughs) That's true. Go ahead. But just learning that to, to grab a hold of that faster when I when I see that it's the bitterness and, and the hand you know the fist shaking at the Lord, grabbing it more quickly, and curbing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's great. One example of bitterness is in Acts eight twenty three, Peter is confronting Simon the sorcerer. You know, Simon's like, uh, where is it? Give me this power so that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, pray for me in the, to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So Peter says the, the gall of bitterness, or in the NIV, it says you are poisoned by bitterness. Interesting. Mm. I'd forgotten about that passage. So, so bitterness can very much be a, a poison in us. Oh, I definitely can see and that. I, right. Mm-hmm. In... Hebrews 12, 15, 15. <laughs> That's my, my one verse. <laughs> oh, okay. What you got? That was the verse that I, I immediately thought of when we were talking about that. And of course I couldn't remember the whole thing. So I looked it up and this is, this is from the ESV. And so Hebrews twelve fifteen. see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no quote root of bitterness unquote springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. Hmm. And I had written in there, too, that in verse 14, the author uses the word strive, as in striving for peace, striving for holiness. I also could say that it would be striving to root out bitterness, that that's something we should be doing. I agree. I mean, not only do you see strive there at the beginning of verse 14, but how he begins verse 15, it's almost, it's synonymous. In verse 14, he says, strive. In verse 15, he says, see to it that. Okay, that's true. I didn't catch that. Yep. So I I would agree with you on that, certainly. So here again, see to it that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Excellent. I want to talk about some some principles that we can take from this and how we can grow from 
Not bitter, but better. There you go. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back and we will discuss moving from bitter to better. I just got this email from a reader who finished reading Ant's new book, Jesus Changed Everything. He says, love the book, my friend. It's a nudge book. If one has some interest in Christ, this book will nudge him or her closer to a commitment. If on the fence, this book could nudge one on over. Really love the engineers testing the bridge model slash believer stress testing his beliefs. Also really like the car out of alignment comparison to our wayward hearts. Favorite quote idea was Mary at Cana saying, whatever he says to you, do it. We do whatever he tells us. So just wanted to share this with you. We're excited about this. We've been very encouraged by the feedback we've gotten. This is just one of them. It's available on Amazon. And if your church is interested in bulk copies, we have the ability to do that. So please just contact us at graceandpeaceradio.com. Thank you so much. All right, we're back. Thanks so much again for joining us here on Grace and Peace Radio. We are talking about bitterness, Mm -hmm. about bitter circumstances, weeping bitterly, and of course, the sin of bitterness. And when we talk about this idea of bitterness, there's this idea of, of soured on life and God. Absolutely. There's that. So how can we move from bitter to better? There are a couple of ideas that I wrote down, a few thoughts I had, then really we're going to focus on two key verses at, at the end of this that I, I think really help help all of us to move, again, from bitter to better. But first, a couple of points that I wanted to bring up and jump in with mm-hmm. any time. When the bitterness is not of our own doing, the Lord hears and will comfort and act on our behalf. You know, as I was reading through all these verses and different experiences in the scriptures, I started just kind of making a list of, I guess you could say principles or ideas. And this was this was the first one I wrote down. No particular order, just that. That when the bitterness is not of our own doing, the Lord hears and will comfort and act on our behalf. And again, one of the examples of that, we talked about the Israelites there in Egypt in the bitterness uh, of their their toil. And what we see is how in Exodus 1.14, it talks about their bitterness. But then also in verse, or I'm sorry, in Exodus chapter 2 and into ver- uh, chapter 3, chapter 2, verse 23. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. And I was trying to remember where it is, and I didn't get a chance to look it up before we recorded, but one of my other favorite verses is where God says, I have heard, I have seen, and I have come down to to deliver them from their Mm -hmm. affliction. Mm -hmm. 
So the same is true that in in our lives as believers, you know, sometimes we are sinned against. Absolutely. And that's and that was one of the things that I had had listed is that sometimes our bitterness comes from people around us, you know, and sometimes even from fellow Christians. You have to work, you know, through that yeah. and past it. When the bitterness is not of our own doing, the Lord hears and will comfort and will act on our behalf. Another thing I wrote down, it is good to repent bitterly at special times. That It is good to repent bitterly at special times, you know, to weep bitterly, to be so broken over our sin, over a particular sin. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to do that every day, every time we sin. I, I don't think any of us can do that. No. But, but there are times where we are especially broken over our sin. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's good at times to, to feel that bitterness over our sin because then, one, we can ask forgiveness and we can, you know, we can repent and ask for forgiveness. But also, it just makes us appreciate God's grace. But how displeasing it is to the Lord that sin is not something to be taken lightly. Right. It's paradoxical that we are so broken of our about our sin that we weep bitterly, but in the process of it, we can rejoice knowing that that means that we love the Lord. True. Mm-hmm. And he loves us, that he granted us that repentance. So, yeah. A third thing I wrote down is... Bitterness is a choice. You know, think about those who weren't specifically bitter in scriptures. Joseph. Very true. For all that he went through, he wasn't bitter. Not once. Not once that was recorded. No. In fact, he says just the opposite. He tells his brothers, look, this was all God's design that lives would be saved through this experience. So Joseph wasn't bitter. Our Lord, the Lord wasn't bitter for all that he went through. How he was misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Uh, mocked. Um, Called a blasphemer. Mm-hmm. All, all these things. And ultimately, you know, crucified by his own creation. Right. Not bitter. Paul. Number one, he wasn't even bitter at men for the persecution, Mm-mm. nor was he bitter uh, against God no. for allowing all that. Right. And there was a lot. Right. And really, all the apostles weren't bitter in the uh, early church ministry. I right. Mean, in in their <clears throat> yeah. apostolic walk right. after the resurrection. Right. How many martyrs? Not bitter. Uh, some of them, they went went to their deaths with with praise, with singing. Mm-hmm. And prayer against their persecutors, yeah. or prayer for, I should say, their yeah. persecutors. At the same time, obviously, you know, when people sin against us, and I mean, there are times that there are ways, we are, we are cruel creatures, especially unconverted. But even converted, we can be cruel. Mm-hmm. And... There are times that people sin against us in grievous, 
grievous ways. I mean, think of experiences of, of abuse situations of all kinds, you know, and, and these, these horrible situations. And yet, ultimately, and, and there, there may be, humanly speaking, a legitimate reason to be bitter. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But. But. It's. It's also our job to not be defined by that. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, Corey Ten Boom is an example mm-hmm. I was just thinking about on that. And so we we can't, and God doesn't want us to be defined by those traumatic events in our lives, those bitter things that happen, uh, those wrongs. At some point, we, we must give them to the Lord and... and I don't want to make it sound cliche or trite and just say, and move on. That's not, that's not it. I mean, that that can take a long time to work through that. But ultimately, we do have to trust that God gives healing. God can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. I don't think we hear that as much as we should from certain corners of evangelical Christendom. Right. It's one of the verses that I wrote down is the whole idea of taking every thought captive so that when you, when I, because I've done it, when I'm sliding into thoughts of bitterness and resentment for a wrong done to me, legitimate, you know, wrong done to me, the only way I'm going to move past that, because I've already given it to the Lord, he already knows, is to capture that thought at the time that it happens and give it back to Christ. Right. Or you don't move forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's thought number three there. Bitterness is a choice. Or, you know, or not bitterness Mm -hmm. is a choice. A fourth thought I had is some bitterness is mournful affliction. I've already talked about that. The Israelites, Naomi, Job, I was beginning to formulate that, I, I realizing that, that when I wrote that. Number five, sometimes the Lord may lead us to drink the bitter cup. Sometimes the Lord may lead us to drink the bitter cup, either to taste the consequences of a sin, of our own sin, mm-hmm. or suffer affliction at the hands of others, that we might share in the Lord's sufferings. And sometimes it's just part of life. It's just part of the world that we live in, right? Country collapses economically or politically or whatever, and we're caught up in it because we're in that country. Those sorts of things. Sometimes it's just we're part of that. It's like we learned one time that all the shipwrecks and different things that the sailing ships that run into storms and bad winds or no winds. Right. You know, sometimes it's just the weather. Yeah. I want to now talk about this idea of the, we talked about bitterness as a poison. So the antidote for the poison. And I want to look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Here, Paul is talking about the, the new life, and walking in the Spirit. And he says, 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. So there's the, as J. Adams says, there's the the put off language, right? Because J. Adams, who was big in the biblical counseling movement, I'll just leave it at that for now. If you're not familiar with him, look up J. J-A-Y, middle initial E, Adams, and you can find out all kinds of cool stuff. Anyway, but he talks about the put-off, put-on language that we see in the scriptures, and this is one example of it. So here in verse 31, Paul is saying, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. In verse 32, here it is, the antidote for bitterness. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That's the put on language. We put off one thing. We put on something Christian in its place. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the antidote to, to bitterness, either against a person or even against God, is this idea of repenting, number one, if it's before God, but being kind. It's loving, loving your enemy. Now, it doesn't mean that you become a doormat. It doesn't mean that you fawn all over them. Mm -mm. You know, Corey Ten Boom didn't do that. No. But as you have opportunity, you can be kind to that person or at least kind in your heart. Maybe you never even get the opportunity. Right. But the point is, you know, between you and God, you're not bitter at that person anymore. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And again, he doesn't just end it there. He says, Here, here's the reason, or, or here's the motive, or, or here's the fuel to do that. As God in Christ forgave you. And if we stop to think about just how big that is, mm-hmm. forgiving us, he forgave us. Right. So that's the, the key, I think, for getting bitterness out of our lives. Again, the bitter circumstances, God in his time will lead us from those and heal us from those and move us on the the times where we weep bitterly god will replace that with peace and mercy and, and joy in christ and joy in christ yes and the bitterness well this was the last point that i i wrote down here whatever the reason for our bitter state whether it's that that idea of we are bitter we are weeping bitterly, or we have bitterness. Whatever the reason, bring it to Jesus. He can remove it. He can give us grace to endure it, or love for our enemies, or the the peace and forgiveness and restored relationship with him that we are weeping for. Amen. Amen. Praise God that he gives us all of this, all of this in his word. We can be healed 
mm-hmm. by staying in the word. We, I know we say this all the time, but it's true. If we're not staying in the word, we can't learn these things. Yeah. And we cannot grow. Right. And the point, as we wrap up, what situation is there? What bitterness can God not remove? Nothing. Nothing. If, what, if you have any bitterness in your life right now, dear listener, if there's any, any bitterness, bring it to Jesus. Lay it before him. Tell him everything, even though he already knows all of it and more because he sees everything perfectly and he knows everything perfectly. Bring it before him. Lay it before him. Like like Hezekiah laid out the, right, the, letter, the letter. The letter. Just lay it out before Jesus. And, and he will remove the bitterness. Say it out loud. He's, you know, talk to him out loud. Cry out loud. Right. And I can tell you personally, God has done that in my life. We have the assurance of the scriptures. We just read it. I'm telling you from personal testimony. And myself. And, exactly. And Amy. And every Christian. Everybody. And listener, you you probably know, maybe, you know, I'm sure better than we do. Right. You know, you, you've had times where God, and you're sitting there going, yep, God, I was bitter at this person, whatever, and or this bitter time in my life. And yeah, boy, God got me through it. Mm-hmm. And grew me and blessed me. Mm -hmm. We thank the Lord for it, for his kindness in giving us his word. And so with that, we are grateful to you once again for for joining us. We are just so thankful that you are with us each week and you welcome us into your your life. It's truly an honor. We really are humbled by it. I mean, we we look at the, the stats, so to speak, and we're... Some folks are listening, and it just kind of blows us away as mm-hmm. to what the Lord is doing. And yeah. it's, a, it's a humbling moment, yeah. for sure. And yeah. we're thankful. So we are thankful that you're here and that you listen to us and hopefully laugh at our goofiness, but yet also find maybe some comfort and maybe some encouragement mm-hmm. along with it. Yep. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you ever want to, feel free to email us at show at Grace and Peace Radio. And with that, the Lord bless you. Bless you all. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian Podcast Community and the Society of Reformed Podcasters. For more information, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.